So it's the middle of the night, and I'm standing in my hallway, and I have a 9-volt battery in my hand because I've got to figure out which smoke detector is chirping. And I don't know which one it was. I'm pretty sure it's the one on the wall, which I'm hoping it is in the hallway because I can actually just reach it, and I can unscrew it and put in the new battery and put it up and go back to bed. But I've got to find this thing before the kids wake up and the dog starts barking, or we're all going to be up all night long. And, you know, the, the, the smoke alarm battery never dies at a convenient time, right? It doesn't start chirping at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. It's always 4 a.m. on a Tuesday. And so I'm standing in this dark hallway. It's 4 a.m. on a Tuesday, and I just want to go to bed. And this thing won't stop beeping. And I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes walking around my house trying to find which smoke alarm it is. And I won't forget this because I'm standing in a dark hall, and yet... My kids' bedrooms line that hall, and each of them has a nightlight in their room, and there is a little bit of light that's coming underneath the door of each of their rooms, and it's actually lighting up this hallway, the hallway that's dark. I haven't turned on the light, but I can see because just a little bit of light from something simple like a few nightlights is coming out. It's bouncing off the hardwood floors, and it's reflecting, and it's lighting up the entire hallway. And I'm reminded that It only takes a little bit of light to fill up the darkness. It only takes a little bit of light, even a night light, to fill up the darkness. I'm in a dark hallway, and yet I don't need to go over and flip on the switch for the hall light. I don't need to walk to the end and turn on the bathroom light because the light from just some night lights is reflecting in there, and it's shining, and I can actually see the entire hallway. Just a little bit of light lights up the darkness. The Bible says that Jesus is light in a dark world. It says that once we were all walking in darkness, we were stumbling around in a dark hallway, we were trying to feel our way, hoping we didn't trip on something, and then something happened. Christmas happened. And there's something about Christmas that that, the light went on. And what was once a dark world was now lit up and we could see where we were going and and things were visible. There There was light. Today I want to talk about what it means that Jesus is light in a dark world. So if you have a Bible with you, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 1. If you want to find 1 John, go all the way to the end of your Bible and take a left turn and come back just a little bit and you will find the book of 1 John. We're in our Christmas sermon series called More Than a Feeling. And when it comes to Christmas, there are lots of feelings. There's lots of of nostalgia and tradition and we think about food and it's not just memories, but like it touches our heart. But there's something else about Christmas also. There's this Jesus that's a part of the story. And so we're going through the book of John. And John is Jesus' best friend, was Jesus' best friend. And John is getting later on in his life, and he's looking back and, and remembering things. And he writes what we now have as 1 John. He writes this to some people for a very simple reason. It's to remind folks of who Jesus really is. See, there were some people who, they called themselves Christ followers, but really what they did is they lined up all the world's religions, all the possible worldviews, and they took what they liked about each one of them. A little bit of this over here, a little bit of this from this religion, something over here, something here, and we'll just kind of wrap that around Jesus, and we'll kind of package it into like this little fantasy religion. All the things that make us feel warm and fuzzy about Jesus, we like that, but then we'll take it from there. 
And so John is writing to say, that's not really how it works. You see, I was there. I knew Jesus. I saw him with my own eyes, and I, I heard him with my own ears when he spoke. And I, I touched him, and I had meals with him. This Jesus is real. He really entered our world. It's a historical fact. And so John is writing to say, let me remind you who he is. John famously writes, he quotes Jesus. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So today I want to talk about what that means, that Jesus is light in a dark world and what it is that we can walk in light versus what it was when we walked in darkness. So here we go, 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 5. John writing, here's what he says. He says, this is the message that we have heard from him and we declare to you. So here's what Jesus told us, now I'm telling you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. This is the message that we heard from Jesus. Now we're declaring it to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And so think about light, light and dark for a minute. All over the Bible, God is described as light. They use metaphors of light. When it talks about God, James says that God is the father of lights. Paul says that, that God dwells in unapproachable light. And there's something inside of us, there's something hardwired in us that we just know that light is good. Light is, light is good. We, we like light. There's something that's written inside of us that, that we like light. It's hardwired. And, and also that we don't like darkness. I mean, think about a little kid. You've never heard a little kid come running into the room upset in the middle of the day crying because they're afraid of the light. It doesn't happen like that, right? But we've all heard little kids run into a room crying, what? I'm scared of the dark. There's something in us, there's something that's just in us. It, it, we just, we know light is good and it's pure. We walk into a room and what do we do? We flip on the light. We want to be able to see. We want to know what's in the room. We want everything to be visible. Light illuminates a room. It shows us where to go. It's why God is described as light. Because He's good. Because He's pure. Because He, he guides us. He makes things visible to us. There's no darkness. There's no shadow in God. With God, there's no scary, kind of dark, spooky corner of the room. Everything is light. He is all light. And when we walk in His light, we can start to see. Even with a little bit of light, even a little bit of light beats darkness. It's like those, little, those night lights in my kids' rooms. Just these little tiny night lights behind a door with just a little crack underneath the door, just a little silver of, sliver of space where the light can come out, and, and it does, and that little bit of light fills up the darkness. Think about a dark night. You walk outside on a dark night, and it's, it's pitch black. It's cloudy, so you can't see the stars. You cannot see the moon. It is just dark. What do you do? You turn on a flashlight. Maybe you get out your phone. We have flashlights on those now, right? You get out your phone. You, you turn on the light, the flashlight on your phone, and what does it do? It lights up the darkness. 
Now you can see where you're going. Even in the midst of pitch black, just a little bit of light lights up the darkness. That's what a flashlight does. It, it lights the dark. There's no such thing as a flash dark, okay? There's no such thing that you can turn on and it darkens the light. Why? Because light always wins. Even a little bit of light wins. It lights up the darkness. And so this is John's whole point. He's going, hey, there's this God, and he's good, and he's pure. And when you have a relationship with him, he shines light onto your life. And light always wins. And because of this God, because of this this light, there's nothing to be afraid of. God is good, and he wants to walk with you, and he wants to shine light in your life. But what John's going to say, what he's about to say is that there are some of you that are choosing to walk in darkness. You have light, you have access to light in your life, and yet you're choosing to walk in darkness. And in doing so, you're missing out on a connection, on real intimacy with God. Keep reading, verse 6. He says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, over the next five verses, John is going to make five if statements. Five times he's going to say, if this. I would like circle them because it seems significant and I would encourage you, go back this week and read them because there's something he's doing there. There's something about it. And just go, why does he keep saying if? Here we go, verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, that's God, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if, there's another one, circle it, if we walk in the light, As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we say we have a relationship with God, but we walk in darkness, meaning we're still, we're choosing sin and wickedness, John's going, there's something that's not lining up. There's something that's, there's something off there because God is light. He's only light. And so if we're walking with him, we're going to be connected to him. And that's light. That's, that's not darkness. But when we go our own way and we choose sin, he says that's, that's darkness. Verse 8, if, there it is again, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If, there's one more, if we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His word is not in us. So three times John uses this phrase, if we claim. If we claim to have a relationship with God, but we're still walking in sin. If we claim that we are without sin. If we claim that we have not sinned. John seems to be getting at something here with this phrase, if we claim. I think what he's getting at is how much we really like to pretend. We, we claim, we really like to pretend that we have it all together. We really like to pretend, oh, you know, life's good, everything's great, I don't have any real problems. I certainly don't have any problems with sin. Like Christians, right? This is written to people who call themselves Christ followers. Christians, 
Like, let's be honest. We're, 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 we're the worst. We love to pretend that we have it all together. Oh, my relationship with God has never been better. Everything is good. We hashtag blessed everything, right? Everything. We mask what's really going on. We might occasionally, occasionally say, hey, can you pray for me? I'm, you know, I'm struggling with something. But we want to be real vague, real ambiguous about what it actually is. We soft sell it. Hey, you know, maybe you could pray for me. You know, our marriage, we're just, it's just kind of going through a tough thing right now. We're, we're struggling. We're having a hard time with one of our kids. You know, work, work's not all that I want it to be. And we kind of, we're real gentle. And we just soft sell. We undersell what's really going on. Or we try and justify things. We love to rationalize. Yeah, you know what? I probably drink too much, but it's only on the weekends. It doesn't affect my family, my job. I, I've got it under control. I'm managing. And we mask what's really going on in our life. We put wrapping paper and a bow on it, or we, we hide it. And John is just going, look, why are you believing this lie? that you're supposed to be perfect? Why are you believing this lie that you have to have it all together? He just goes, you're a sinner. Christians especially, we think we have to have everything figured out. Life's gotta be good, it's, you know, everything's perfect, we're good, we're not struggling with anything, there's no sin problem in our life. We hide our mess, we mask things. He just goes, that's a lie. Why are you hiding? You don't have to hide. Hiding is what the darkness is for. Hiding is what we do in darkness. Darkness hides things. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He wants to shine truth in your life. He wants to shine hope and goodness in your life. He wants you to stop being a phony. He wants you to stop being a fraud and pretending that you have it all together. Because when you do, when you pretend that you have it all together, when you pretend that you're not a sinner, you haven't sinned, and you pretend like everything is great, all you're doing is hiding more. You're just continuing to hide in the darkness. And John is saying that what happens when we hide in the darkness is we lose what we're made for. We lose connection and intimacy with God because God is light. And so if you're feeling disconnected to God, if you're feeling separated from God in any way, man, I'd listen up. I'd listen to what John is talking about because he is inviting us. He is inviting us into the light. What does that mean? He's inviting us to, to stare at Jesus, to look at Christ. He's inviting us to bring our whole life, our whole mess, and just go, okay, Jesus, here it is. Thump. Here's the mess. Help me. It's all yours. He's inviting us to stop hiding behind this lie that everything is okay, that we have it all together, that I'm managing it. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Bring, he's going, bring all the mess out into the light. Bring it before God. And when you finally do, 
You will have connection and you can have intimacy with God that you've always wanted so badly. Stop believing the lie that you've done so much or so much has been done to you that you, you've got to keep it in hiding. You can't bring it out. You just keep it in some dark place. John goes, no, come out. Bring it out. Walk. Walk in the light. Let me give you a couple takeaways from what I think John is saying here. If you're a note taker, you can write a couple things down. You know, as we come to Christmas, so often what we think about first is the feelings. And because it's not just memories, it's like it's in our heart. It's, it's, the, it's the feel of Christmas. It's the nostalgia and the, the tradition and the food and the presents and lights and whatever it is that, that we love about Christmas. I love those things too. But the story of Christmas, if we will really look at it, if we will really stare at it, Pastor Joe said this last week, he said, if you will stare at Jesus, if you will really stare at Christmas, at this baby named Jesus, it's so full of incredible truth. If you will stare at it, it will change you. So here's some truth. If you want to write some things down, here's a little bit of truth from Christmas. Number one, number one is that you're a mess. <laughs> Sorry, no other way to say it. It's just you're a mess. But it's this incredible truth. It's incredibly important theologically. You're a mess. Look back at verse 8. John says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. What John is trying to say is that you're a mess. You've made a mess out of this life. I have made a mess out of this life. And yet you say you have it all together? Why? Your life is a mess. You can pretend that you have it all together. We can pretend that. What does John say? John says we can claim, we can pretend to be without sin that we have not sinned. We can pretend that we have it all together, that everything in life is good. But if you can't see that your life is a mess, then you don't need Christmas. If you can't see that your life is a mess, that you've made a mess of this thing, then you don't need Christmas because you don't need a Savior. So what do you need Christmas for? You don't need Jesus. You can spend the next few weeks just enjoying the, the Christmas music and the smell of the Christmas tree and eating all the Christmas food and, and just shopping and the presents. Just do that. It's fun. It's okay. Because if your life is perfect, if your life is not a mess and you have it all together, you don't need Christmas. You don't need a Savior. If what you post on social media is actually what's going on in your life, your life is perfect. You don't need a Savior. You didn't need Christmas to happen. But if you're like me, if you're like me and there's something about what John is saying that resonates and you're going, yep, I made a mess of this thing. I've screwed this thing up in all kinds of ways. And honestly, I'm still hiding in the shadows. I'm walking in the darkness and I need help. If you're like me, there's something in there that resonates because you're going, I'm a mess and I need a way to fix my mess and I've tried every way I know and I still have a mess. This is what John is starting to get to. First truth about Christmas you're a mess. But it leads us to our second truth, is that God can handle your mess. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, 
God is faithful and he's just to forgive our sins. Watch this. And to purify us from all righteousness. Meaning if we would bring out all of our baggage, if we would bring out all of our shame, all of our secrets to God and just go, funk, here it is. He can handle it. And not just handle it, but he actually wants to transform us. He's not just wanting to take it away and go, okay, you have a clean slate, start over. He goes, no, no, not just that, but I want to I change you. I actually want to transform your heart and purify you and change who you are into the person that I made you to be. I wonder why we think that we have to have it all together. I wonder if we think that pretending we have it all together, somehow, like by doing that, that somehow we're protecting God. Or like if I have it all together, somehow I'm protecting His image or something like that. Christians, again, remember, John is speaking to people who call themselves Christ followers. Christians, do we think that if we pretend that we don't sin, if we pretend everything is perfect, do we think that that is protecting God's name, that somehow protects God's image? Let me tell you something. If anything, it does the opposite. Because if anything, it tells the world God doesn't have room for real people. He only has room and time for perfect people, for sinless people. Instead of the truth, you're a mess. We pretend like everything's perfect. But no. The reality is that God can handle our mess. I don't know, maybe we keep things hidden because we think God won't know. As if, if I, don't, if I don't bring it to him, he won't know. As if he doesn't know the deepest, darkest corners of our heart. Do you think God doesn't know your past? Do you think God doesn't know your failures? Do you think that God doesn't know your secrets? Do you think that he doesn't know what you do when you're alone? Do you think that he doesn't know your addictions? Do you think that he doesn't know how much you hate yourself? Do you think that he doesn't, really, that he doesn't know? The guy that's writing this was Jesus' best friend who walked around with him for three years. You think they didn't have real conversations? Of course they did. John had shared everything with Jesus that was in his heart. And now John is writing to us and saying, we have a God who can handle your mess. You don't have to hide it. Of course God knows your mess. He knows everything. But until we bring it out into the light, we go, God, help me. So long as we keep walking, hiding in darkness, we're missing out on connection, on intimacy with God. And John says that we're lying to ourselves and we're lying to God. The Bible says in Romans 5, it says, here's how we know God loves us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not while we, when we stopped sinning. Not when we had everything together. No, no, no. While we were still sinners, God handled our mess. John is saying, you don't have to protect God's feelings anymore. You don't have to try and protect His image. And you don't have to stay in the darkness. He is the Father of light. Come out. He is the giver of good gifts. Which takes us to 
our third truth, and this is the heart of Christmas, is that Jesus wants to walk into your mess. This is the whole point of Christmas. This is the entire point of baby in a manger somewhere in a stable or a cave and some wise men come from the east and some shepherds and an angel and all that stuff. This is the entire purpose of the Christmas story that Jesus wants to walk into your mess. Now, he's not going to kick open the door and barge in. Jesus doesn't storm into our life. He doesn't storm into our mess, but he wants you to invite him in. And he wants to walk with you in your mess. In the story of Jesus' birth in Luke, there's a guy named Zechariah. He talks about what it means that Jesus is coming. Listen to what he says. He says, praise be to the Lord. Because he has come to his people and redeemed them to shine on those living in darkness and to guide our feet into the path of peace. He wants to walk with you through your mess. Isaiah 9 says that those who once walked in darkness have seen a great light. John 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So look, all the Christmas feels, maybe they're okay, they're good. All the nostalgia and the tradition and the warm and fuzzy stuff and the Christmas lights, and I love the smell of Christmas trees, and I love knowing that Nicole is going to make way too many cookies that I shouldn't eat, and I'm going to eat all of them, and it's awesome. I love all that stuff about Christmas, but don't miss this. Don't miss what Christmas really is. Is that Jesus walked into the mess. Jesus says, all that shame that you're carrying, all the secrets, all the pain, all the ways that you feel disappointed and all the ways that you feel like a disappointment. He says, I want to walk into that and I want to walk with you. And he wants to bring his light and shine that over your life. And he wants us to invite him. He wants us to just go, here, Jesus, help me. And he can handle it. If Jesus couldn't, have handled, it couldn't handle your mess, he wouldn't have left heaven. He, he knew what he was getting himself into. And 2,000 years ago, he walked into the mess. And today, he wants to walk into your mess. And he's not going to embarrass you. He doesn't want to shame you. He just wants to walk with you. And as you follow him and as you stare at him, he wants to change you. And little bits of light show up in your life. And they overcome the darkness. If you're here today and and, and you're not a Christ follower, maybe you're hearing this and you're going, yeah. That's truth. I have made a mess out of this thing. I have messed up my life. If you only knew, there's a guy named Jesus, and he wants to walk with you through your mess. And there's nothing that he can't handle, and there's nothing that he wouldn't walk through with you. He died to prove it, and he wants to walk with you, and all he simply says is, follow me. And you could do that today. But if you're a Christ follower, this message from from John, it's written for you. 
You're hiding in the shadows. But Christ is calling you into the light. It's time to stop hiding and to come out to where he's leading. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light always wins. And if you will ask Jesus to shine his light and his goodness and his truth, and you will come to him and you will say, here it is. Here's the mess. He wants to shine light and hope in your life. He wants to do it today. He wants to do it now. Let's pray. God, thank you that, that you can handle our mess, that you're a big enough God to handle, handle it all. God, we have to confess that sometimes we walk around like we have it all together, like we're perfect, like, honestly, God, like we don't need you. God, I am sorry for all the times that I've thought that I could handle my own mess, or I've thought that I didn't have a mess, that, that I didn't need you to walk with me. God, we confess that to you. Thank you that you can handle our mess. Jesus, thank you that you walked into our mess. Right now, we come before you. We bring you that mess, and we just go, God, would you help us? I can't carry the mess anymore. I can't carry the burden anymore. Would you take it? Jesus, would you walk with us? God, would you remind us over these next couple weeks that the Christmas feels are fun, they're good. So many of us have great memories that are deep in our heart. But God, this story is about your son Jesus who walked right into our mess and who willingly lost his life so that we could have life. We ask and pray all these things in his name. Amen.